flew back on Sunday to do Suns Bucks. My flight got delayed twice, so I didn't get to uh, go to the game. I had to go to the crib. So by the time me and Rob and uh, Eric were about to record, my voice was shot. I didn't even do anything. It just was going. But I drank some water still. But Eric sounded raspy too, which was kind of weird. Literally right after I hung up, I felt sick. And I went to sleep on my couch. Bro, I woke up at 7.30 a.m. We wrapped at like 7.20 p.m. So I slept for like 12 hours. I ain't never slept for 12 hours in like probably three years. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I was Googling shit like, do I got coronavirus now? Like, and then, um, I, I really, I really hope that you tagged it with the N word when you searched it. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, the way you just I did. Oh, I did. I did. Holy shit. I had to, man. So it was funny because um, Wells P had DJed at like the athletic club or whatever in downtown LA, and I see Nate Jones. So Nate Jones is like elbow greeting people. And I'm like, bro, why are you doing that? Because I'm being weird. He's like, bro, the coronavirus is real. So I'm like, all right, man, go for it. And so now he's elbow greeting. He got everybody basically elbow greeting at this point. And I'm just like, this is the most asshole shit ever. But I'm like trying over the, over the night, the course of the night, I'm like, man, if I get it, I get it. So I'm just shaking hands at this point. So... By the time after we recorded here to deer, I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have shook hands. Like Nate was right. I got it. You know what I'm saying? But then again, I did that search with the N-word and uh Yeah, I don't think I have it, because I would be, you know, I'll be out for the count. Lock it in! <laughs> There's like someone drilling next door to me right now. Can you hear yeah. it? Congratulate them on the set. This is the basketball buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Logic and reason. With Zach Harper. Oh man, if you put Gordy in Atlanta, we can kiss Waz goodbye from Los Angeles. <laughs> Big Waz. Kristen's beautiful words about pop are the best advertisement for the CIA I've ever heard in my entire life. It's funny, I've seen the machine in the basement of Madison Square Garden turning out $100 bills. <laughs> yeah, this isn't for weed. This is a you know, lifetime achievement award. <laughs> right now, that's I've been wanting to say that for a long time. South will rise again. I'll tell oh you boy. that much. Oh. I'm just gonna tell you what I think. I, I don't Maybe. get inconsistent. You've been popped, right? Y- yes. He may have big bones, but he doesn't have big meniscus. What? Why would I wear pants or shorts or anything? Everyone does well when you have good results. Produced by Jay Boy. Yeah, yes, it's right. This is a journey into sound. The mecca of basketball. <laughs> Everybody knows if you go back in time, don't do anything. The ramifications can be quite severe. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new What's up, buddy? Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Trevon Edwards. We got Dave DeFour. We got Wazzy Lambray. We'll have uh, Jane Hoy at some point. We may have some other people at some point. We got Rob Lopez pushing the ones and twos. And first, before we jump into what teams are doing, uh, we should talk about what teams are doing uh, off the court to prevent the coronavirus spread. So the big topic of the last day or two has been media access. And media access is being limited for the time being until the uh, the outbreak is abated. 
And so, guys, uh, no longer will non-essential uh, personnel for the teams and players um, they won't be allowed in the locker room pre and post game. They're going to set up uh, designated talking zones, and uh, they're trying to prevent that. Um, you know that close quarters contact between media and all all types of people, right? Uh, in those locker rooms, as a way to to stop spreading it. So first, uh, this is kind of a big deal because there is always a worry in media that access is going to be limited and cut out, right? And that's the point of journalism is to have access and to be able to do your job. And so while some people have said, oh, what do you need to be in there for? They're getting dressed. It's no big deal. That's actually just a very ignorant way of looking at it because we have plenty of situations where a lot of the relationships you build with players and coaches happen in the locker room, off mic, off record. Right. And so that's what helps you get interviews down the road. That's what helps you get good interviews down the road to where they feel comfortable talking to you. And so um, media being in the locker room is actually an essential part to covering the league. But for the time being, it's it's being cut out. And and a lot of media people are are pushing against that because the idea is, Dave, if uh, if I'm not supposed to talk to them in the you know, in these close quarters in the locker room. Well, then what about like the 18,000 people who are surrounding them <laughs> when they're on the court doing all that stuff, right? So, Dave, in terms of like, I don't even want, I don't even know if we should get into, are they going to play games without fans yet? LeBron said he's not going to play in front of, of you know, a, an empty arena, but we we know he will. So I get what he was saying. Like, he, he plays the games for the enjoyment of the fans. Uh, I mean, the millions of dollars probably helps, but, you know, uh, the fans definitely make it a little bit more enjoyable. But, uh, you know, to your slippery slope question, uh, you know, hopefully the the – you know, I know that the PBWA is, is in, you know, talking to the league and keep trying to keep an open dialogue and all of this stuff makes sense. But it begs the question, like, why not just cancel the games or close them? Right. Like, I mean, we are past the point where this is a public health crisis. Every expert on the subject says social, uh, you know, like distancing is what we need. We've we saw that Italy might have waited too long and they actually did it. You know, they shut down everything and, and, you know, we don't have the hospital beds to handle a lot of sick people. So I don't get why we're doing these little things around the margins and still, like you said, allowing 20,000 people to come into well, the arena. It's a lot of money, right? Sure, I guess. But the money's all on TV. Like we talked about this on, on Nerder uh, that we recorded at Sloan. It, it, you know, TV money is really the only money that matters. I mean, they can figure out how to make uh, up for the gate. I- but in the in the grand scheme of things, yes. But it's the American problem is the money part. This is why people are still going to work. This is why right. you know they're not canceling schools. This is why we're doing all this stuff. And ultimately, the money is going to cause us all to have problems. Now, maybe not us here on the podcast because we're all young and I'm assuming healthy. But it's you know gonna it's gonna affect people that we know. And so oh, I just for sure. don't understand why like why beat around the bush with this stuff. Like get out ahead of it. Play them in, play the games in empty arenas, and, and hopefully, you know, we can keep the players safe as well. Because um, what's going to affect your bottom line worse? You know, if we just want to be crass and just talk about the money part of it, if a player gets sick, well, that's that's going to really affect your bottom line. Yeah, that's the thing is when a when a player gets sick. If a player gets sick, that's when I think we'll see stuff just flat out canceled. You know how crazy uh, things are at this point right now. So Steph Curry has the flu the influenza and the Warriors PR had to issue a statement saying that he does not have COVID-19. Like that's where we're at with it. Like where people are like, Oh no, Steph's sick. He might have it. That's bad. 
Do you know what I mean? Like that we even have to even issue those type of statements out. Um, and, and then the six to eight feet distance outside the locker rooms. What about courtside seats? What, I mean, what are you going to knock out the first five rows? I mean, I don't, I don't really understand how this is going to play out. And it seems like it's a bigger issue and we haven't updated the number. Um, but again, I know this is a sports show and I don't really want to go too political. Um, I think we could say it's not being, it's, it's not being handled well, right? Like <laughs> it's definitely not, it's that, that's what I'm saying. It's not being handled well, but it's just like, it's intense. You know what I mean? Like for, uh, the NHL to already kind of cancel games, you know, and they're moving forward in that direction. Uh, I'm sure MLB is going to probably shut down spring league and, I'm interested to see what happens with uh, March Madness, especially in Austin and, um, you know, other places like that, because going into the playoffs, that, that that's going to be crazy. And like you said, with LeBron making that statement, I, I just don't see him ultimately putting his foot down and be like, I'm not hooping. Like, that might be the only thing to keep people sane, but this is really turning into uh, one of those uh those sci-fi movies where everybody's going to have to be walking around with hazmats. Wait, yeah, maybe they should be playing with those, like, what are those Bane masks? Will that stop the, the virus from getting in? You know how you, you exercise with those, like, Bane breathing masks? Maybe that's what they have to do. I feel like the problem here is that they don't really know what this is. <laughs> they don't really know how to handle it. That's why everybody's responses are all over the place, right? Some people are like, do we want to go super extreme, scare the hell out of people? Um, and, you know, lose money, which is always has to be a consideration, I guess, Zach. But I think that's what you're seeing. Like, there's there's a mystery around this virus. Um, nobody's quite got a handle on it. Like, the testing hasn't been perfected yet. And so we're in this weird place of, like, man, we don't know. And we want to we be as ca- cautious as possible. Specifically corporations, because it's like, we don't want to get sued. That's always what they're thinking about. We don't want to get sued down the right. road. Because we didn't handle something well, that, in a way that yeah, people can well, say we were negligent. That's the thing. Is like I don't even know if it's a oh we got to make sure everyone's safe, right? It's like we got to make sure our own our own asses are safe. Oh yeah, you got to cover your ass. Yeah. Always. That's the first rule of of um you know any corporation. Cover your own ass first, and then worry about everything else. And I think that's what you're seeing with the NBA and this media thing is like the first easiest thing they could do, right? Like if you're on the NBA side, especially on the team side, you view the media access as non-essential it's like ugh, do we really need to do this and they're like look we don't really see this as an as a necessity anyway so let's cut that out first so i can understand why you know this is the route they've chosen to take with the media stuff just please wash your hands after you cover your ass that's all i'm asking be i think my, my ass be is safe. part of me be safe you should be washing your hands anyway this yeah. is that's the other thing like you guys should be washing your hands no matter what Right. Yeah, the, the, Maybe the, this is a conspiracy from Big Wash Your Hands. Ooh, company. Big Purell? John <laughs> big, big, yeah, Big Purell. Yeah. That's it. That's my that's my uh my allegation. Man, I, I wonder if we could see the playoffs push back. Right? Because I granted, I know it's a very different situation, but it could end up being a similar situation. But the situation with Italy right now is they're they're you know, on lockdown as a country mm-hmm. pretty much for until I think April 3rd was the date I saw. Right. Yeah. They're, they're readdressing. I mean, yeah. They'll readdress weeks. it. Yeah. yeah. They'll readdress it April 3rd, but it could be, you know, over as early as April 3rd with the lockdown. Um, they're essentially like 
places are saying like, all right, you got to be quarantined two, three weeks. You know, if if you have it or if you might have it, and and then at that point they address. And me and Mo was talking on the ding last night. It's like once they canceled Serie A in in Italy, you knew it was serious. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, yeah. These people do not play about their soccer, right? Like, so once they put a ban on that, I was like, okay, they're in full like lockdown emergency, you know, red button mode. So it's pretty bad out there. Yeah, and it feels like, at least right now with the NBA, like it was was right. The the media thing and the six to eight feet and the locker room, that's just the first step. It just seems like every thirty five minutes, something else is coming out with a school is closing, only online education. Harvard had that today. Um, you know, the Ivy League is canceling. Uh, games and in the Ivy League tournament, like the, the 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 snowball is coming down the mountain right now, and it's turning into an avalanche. So, I I'm just not going to be surprised at all if in a few days, in a week, it gets to a point where the NBA says, "Look, we can't we can't play in front of fans right now." I think that's next week. I mean, it, it, it's so fast right now. And here's the key, which I think. You know, a few people have written about, but usually you do that try to try to be ahead of the game and be a little preventative. I don't think it'll work if it's reactionary. Right. If, you know, one couple fans or players or whatever get sick and too then late. you cut it down, then it's too late. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the league to really look at that sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, the preventative stuff is is the way to go, but yeah, th- with the media thing, and I don't like. I do care about the media stuff. Um, I think it's just kind of the, uh, you know, again, the tip of the iceberg in terms of what they're going to do to try. I, I think the empty arena thing will happen simply being preventative, right? Because it isn't just like keep the players safe. It's it is like Waz said, it's going to be a cover your own ass. And so if you put you know eighteen thousand people into an arena into a confined space, and then you know one of those people are sick and then all of a sudden 10,000 people are sick or whatever that ends up being, those people are absolutely going to sue. Right. Like that, like that becomes a, that's going to become a legal issue. Yeah, no question. Like those people are going to sue and then you've got a bigger mess and everything. Right. And so then on top of that, like I do think we're going to see a lot more proactive preventive measures, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, uh, like I'm still not worried about it for me because like Dave said, like, we're youngish, we're healthyish, right? Like I've got good health care thanks to the athletic. Like I'm I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not even if I get sick, I'm not worried about it because I I think I'll be okay. But it almost feels like the media part of this in terms of um of limiting the access, you know, for now, which they you know, it sounds like it's definitely just for now and, and once this thing's over it's it's gonna be fine. But um but in limiting it for now, uh it does feel a little bit and I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be flipping here, but it, like the example I came up with is like it was like, oh my God, you might have cancer. Here, drink this green juice, right? Like, like that's <laughs> right, what, yeah, but that's yeah, what it yeah, feels it, like it, in terms of like, no, no, no. The, like, the thing is not just like the media being around. It's that you have eighteen thousand people in here, and that you have all these, you know, all this right. travel and all this stuff. Right. Like, that's to me, that's the thing that they've got to, they've got to address. And so, while I'm not happy with the media thing, I do understand the thought process of it. But it also doesn't seem to solve anything, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not even a half measure. <laughs> Yeah, because let's go even a step further just with the players. Like players are being advised, don't shake hands with your teammates 
uh, use your elbow, right? Like that's one of the uh, the things that they've done. But they're advising them to do this, and then it, you know, right after they leave the locker room, they're putting t- tank tops on and shorts and going and slamming into each other on a court uh, for <laughs> for two hours a night, and they're sharing a basketball. There's only one. And so there, it, it, it's kind of silly, uh, the, the, the kind of some of these measures, but I mean, I guess right now it feels like that's the, the, the least that they can do. And everyone is doing the least that they can do right now to try and say that they're addressing it in some way, shape or form when really what they have to do is go much more drastic, yeah. much bigger and and really kind of address this in a macro way, not just a little micro way. Here. If if only there were infectious disease experts making recommendations, you know, that we could. Fortunately, that's just not a field, Dave. Like, yeah, no just maybe we uh, start that. I don't know. I don't think that that's a thing. Man, but, if we're looking for yeah. better jobs in employment, I mean, that, actually, that might be a, a, an area that people could look into. Literally, yeah, where yeah. the money uh, is right now. <laughs> personally, personally, I'm 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 out. I'm not going to any any games for the foreseeable future at least a month uh, um and it's because it's not about me i'm not worried like i can handle it it's you know uh yeah I'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of trying to decide that as well because like there's rockets lakers thursday night at staples center and i'm and i've this whole time i've been going and now i'm like i don't know i don't yeah. know like I, and i'm not it's not that I'm, I'm just like i don't know if i want to deal with the whole hassle of it all and the vibe of it all and everything i, I live in a neighborhood with a lot of old people you know, and, you know, I see them like I walk my dogs. I see these people and talk to them and stuff like that. And I just think it's it's morally irresponsible to potentially, you know, spread this disease that may spread to them anyway. But like I want to do my part to not do it. Well, that's the key. I think, Dave, is like my, my wife is a pub, works in public health here in Minneapolis. And um, you, one of the frustrations, I think, that some people in the public health slash medical community have about sort of the characterization of this in general as, well, you know, the flu kills so many more people a year. And and this is, you know, everyone is going to be okay unless you're 65 or unless you're elderly. Well, but that's totally diminishing like a major part of this population that absolutely deserves to be cared for and protected and considered instead of just hidden away and, and swept under the rug. I mean, who, if you have grandparents out there, if you have neighbors who, yeah, who are elderly, like that's the people that you really have to look at. Like my kids, I think they're going to be okay. It seems like the young kids are okay. So we don't have to worry as much about that. Knock on wood. Same with myself as 40 years old. Like I don't, even if I get sick, I should be able to get through it okay. But it's the transmission and the spread to a huge part of the population that just too easily is forgotten. That is the real troubling thing. In all. I mean, my, my mom has done immunotherapy for the last year uh, after her cancer treatment. She's immune compromised. I mean, this is the, this, she is a target uh, audience for, for who this is going to be affecting heavily and so you know hopefully people just take precautions and and we can at least get it to a point where we don't overrun the hospitals that's that's the biggest risk right now and that's why that social containment stuff like social distancing matters you know stay away from other people i try to stay away from people in the first place so that's right i mean that's why DoorDash is a problem for me (laughs) yeah people saying like hey don't go to the gym not a problem (laughs) 
Don't go to a crowded area. Not a problem. Don't want, don't like crowds anyway. Stay at home without pants. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. Stay You've indoors. Been this. You bet. You set an example. That's what it is. Man, it's I've been about preparing for this virus for twenty years. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, you guys, you guys need the health expert here. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'll tell you how to social distance everything. Um, yeah, no, Dave, you bring up a good point though about like going to games because I wonder how many fans want to go at this point, or like at the same time. And I know people have talked about this with travel and everything. Like things are so cheap right now. I wonder if it like it hits the secondary market for like ticket sales and stuff. And I wonder if that causes people like, well, I get to see this guy tonight. So they still going. Yeah, they're they're still going uh, now. Bucks. Yeah, it was people just wearing masks. They were just at the game with masks, (laughs) and I was just like, this is crazy. Pelicans was sold out on Sunday. Yeah, they're gonna still go. Yeah. It's like it's big business. Like people are not even trying to think about this. Basketball is what's taking their minds off things, so they're not gonna stop doing that. But as as the hysteria gets deeper and deeper, I mean, I, I went to the store yesterday and there is zero toilet paper, like zero. Oh, yeah, like I mean, people people gotta stop doing that. But it is what it is for sure. But I they're do start but shutting it, stuff down. Yeah, soon. as the hysteria builds, though, I do wonder at what point games, because there's gonna be a tipping point where the the tickets get. Tickets get low, right? Because the, no one can resell them because no one wants to go. And then people will buy because the tickets are so low. But then there's going to be a worry about being in these confined spaces with so many people. And then that takes away from the crowd as well. Well, and then this is to me like this is the test of sort of the American experience right now because like, all we want as Americans, we don't want to be inconvenienced. We're going to do what we want when we want to do it. I mean, there are people who are going to go to work because they need to go to work, whether they're sick or not, because they need to, to, to pay the rent. Um, and, and there's just so much stress on this society in general as to, to make people have to sacrifice or have to avoid doing something that they want to do. Americans are not used to that. And I just think that it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how far people and how responsive people are willing and able to be in this thing to try and get our, our arms around it. Um, we got anything else? Postponements of postseason, empty arenas, LeBron won't play, no media. Live show not postponed. Live show in New York, live at the Bell House in Brooklyn on the 28th, man. Bring your mask, bring your gloves, bring your funny hat. I'm handing out elbow doubts. <laughs> I do. I one of the dumber things to me, people are like, hey, just fist bump, don't shake hands. I'm like, because the like, back of your hands can't carry anything. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sure there's some kind of medical does it, does reason it creep for through it. your fingers. Yeah, I mean, like, like I don't, I don't know. How does germs work? <laughs> <laughs> like I really want to know. Like, Trey, 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 you got to Google that next. <laughs> I'm definitely going to Google that next. I'm going to go down a deep wormhole of just how do germs travel through hands. Yeah. As we all know, the back, the back of the hand, immune to everything. It slides off elbows, right, John? Yeah. It just slides, just slides right, right off. off. Yeah. That elbow grease. Where they talk about they a slippery slope. On. Yeah, that's Dude, that it, the elbow. It, it's a rounded surface, so it's harder yeah. to like get a grip on it. Absolutely. And so they just fall right off. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, live show in Brooklyn, though. Uh we're not gonna we're not gonna dap anybody up, but we'll have a we'll have a good time. I'm definitely bringing my own microphone for karaoke. I'll tell you that. You don't have your own microphone already. I mean, I don't like to travel with it. You know, I can't trust <laughs> the 
that the the people in the you know baggage handling and everything are gonna, TSA you don't trust TSA them. that's crazy surprisingly even a, even as a even as a person of my complexion was I don't trust TSA <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of a lack of trust, do you trust the Houston Rockets right now, Trey? Because, man, they were good after the trade, and they have been bad lately, and it looks weird. It's not just that they're losing. It's the way they're losing. It looks weird. Um, and so what's going on with the Rockets, Trey? Where do I start? So their biggest issue right now is three-point shooting, and then also – they built up bad habits like all season, and then they play down to their competition. Now, the thing that I mentioned about three-point shooting is that during the six consecutive wins that they had, they shot an average of like almost 19 three-pointers and made those. And then now in the games that they've lost in the four-game loser streak, they've only made 13 of those. So they're really sh- struggling shooting 29%. And right now it's just a huge issue. And Westbrook and Harden are overcompensating on offense and giving up a lot on the 55 defense that they run, um, which is is played a huge role on on rotations. And guys are just tired, and they're getting exposed on each time. And that was that was the main reason why they they traded off Capella because he dealt with the uh, plantar fasciitis, his injury, his foot injury, and basically. Um, he was just too slow for rotations, and that's what's still happening right now. Um, not with P.J. Tucker, but just guys being lazy on the offensive end and just giving it up. And, and teams are taking advantage of it and finding a way to expose them. And I think it's going to continue to be a problem until, uh, you know, they have some pride or guys get more stamina or whatever that's going on right now. And then uh, Mike D'Antoni made a quote where he says um, – it's been tough on the fans. This is absolutely rock bottom, but, you know, what could actually get worse? And I think getting worse is, you know, not missing the playoffs, but, like, getting knocked out first round would probably be the worst because of the high expectations and the the big trade that they made, you know, acquiring Westbrook and then also playing with P.J. Tucker, who was about 6'6", and overcompensating himself as a big man. Yeah, I, th- I think if they got knocked out in the first round, like, D'Antoni's obviously gone. I think Maury could be gone at that point. Like they may, like I think Fertitta may may clean house. Well, D'Antoni is in the last year of his deal. Yeah, but, I, but I, I feel like Fertitta, he's probably out. But, no, yeah. but Tillman Fertitta guaranteed us that he'll probably be back. He said, yeah. "I guarantee he'll probably be back." Well, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, well, guarantee probably a normal <laughs> yeah. thing to say. Totally normal thing to <laughs> totally say. Totally normal thing to say about a lame duck coach. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, th- their big problems here, like they've been getting out rebounded, like nine rebounds a game. Uh, but they're not hitting shots, and and that's the big thing. Like, you can play small, but you can't miss shots and then give them up on the other end. Opponents have been shooting forty percent against them uh, from three the last nine games, and you know while their defense has actually been pretty good since they've committed to small ball, they have just struggled here lately. Uh, in particular, because they're not making shots, they're getting uh, opponents are just getting out easily in transition and and just winding up with good offense. Uh, compared to how it was looking during that run where they looked unbeatable. Also, Dave, they, they're not an effort team. You know, like, they, they played with a lot of effort and a lot of intensity when the trade first happened, and I think a lot of it had to do with just pride of just like, all right, people think we're going to get blown out the water. We have to play very hard, but they can't half-ass their way to wins with the way this roster is constructed, right? The 
the margin for error with this team is just very, very low. Um, because again, their center is six foot five. So I, and this team hasn't been an effort team since I want to say the first Chris Paul year, they played, they won 64 games. They were generally playing really hard. It was fun. It was new. It was like, all right, we're, we're challenging people. We're just as good as the Warriors. We've fooled ourselves into that, whatever. But ever since that first Chris Paul season, this hasn't been a team that goes out and just plays balls to the wall every night. They did it for a week and a half, two weeks. And now they're back to being the Houston Rockets. It's not just that they're missing shots. It's like Harden from deep is just broke right now. I mean, it's two for 11. It's 0 for 8. It's 3 for 10. Like, it's it's not even, you know, just a blip below what he normally shoots. It's like rock bottom. And so when, you know, this team right now is built that they have to make threes and they have to turn this thing into a shooting contest because they're going to get hammered on the boards. If they are missing a bunch of shots. I mean, the Knicks had 65 rebounds against them, uh, you know, uh, four games ago. Like that's, that's incredible. And Orlando is a bigger team and they can beat you up on the boards. And so if, if, if you're flailing away from outside and Westbrook just isn't shooting as many threes this year, you know, regardless, and that's a good thing for him. But if, if you don't have Harden, if you don't have House and Covington and, and these guys knocking down just an unbelievable amount of threes, they are going to have a really hard time keeping up with with bigger, stronger teams that can grind it out a little bit more in the half court and be more efficient. Yeah, and I think it's who they're losing to lately, right? It's like, all right, they lost yeah. to the Clippers. You know, they got shellacked in that game. But, like, losing the Clippers, there's nothing – to be, you know, kind of worried about. But they lost to the Knicks. Like, they got out-rebounded by 31 against the Knicks, right? Um, they lost to the Knicks. They lost to the Hornets. They lost to the Magic. Magic are an okay team. They're playing better as of late. But that's still, like, those are three losses that are concerning. But Trey also, like, mentioned a good point. Of, like, they're playing down to their competition. Those three losses don't matter in a playoff setting. But still, you know, they need to build some good habits, right? Yeah, and you, and you, I mean, you're still playing for seeding, right? I mean, like that's that's a big part of this is that um, right now they're the six seed, but they're you know they're one they're a half game behind OKC for five. They're what two games behind Utah for four. Would you want to be the six and and face the Clippers in round one? Like, no. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't well, think. Hold on. The, no, I think. I, the, I think the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are probably going to wind up as a three seed. And now this this gets interesting. Would you rather play Utah or would you rather play Denver? Ooh, I'd rather play Utah. Rather play Utah at this point. Just, yeah. just because they, they hate seem each other. much more dysfunctional. I like, yeah, I like exactly. their. I like their uh, chances against Utah. Yeah. Yeah, especially, seen, especially with Rudy Gobert, play pouting. Gobert off the floor. Yeah, Rudy Gobert's Gobert. pouting anyway. Like, oh goodness, man. Patty LaBelle thinks he's a diva. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a great reference. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I think a lot of people oh got that one. Yeah, no, I, I would rather play. If I'm the Rockets, I'd rather play Utah. I, I would rather play Utah for sure. Yeah, because it, while Denver has their faults, like Denver still has cohesiveness as a unit, right? Like the, the yeah. Jazz, even in that five-game win streak, didn't really seem to have that. Um, and the way, like, I mean, I think Jokic is a lot harder to play as a big man for them than Gobert is like, yeah, I just think Jokic prevents so presents so many more problems. I'm more worried about defending Utah's offense right now, but, um, 
but I think that that can unravel pretty easily in the playoffs with the way, just with their current makeup, like from a chemistry standpoint. I'm not saying it's irreparable with their chemistry is, but it's just not good right now. Like the fact that Tony Jones asked Donovan Mitchell after the first three games of that win streak where they beat three garbage teams, right? Where he said, he's like, what changed? And apparently Donovan Mitchell just gave him a look like, you know what changed? We played nobody. Like we didn't play, <laughs> we, like, we didn't play anybody, right? Like we just had a, right. three easy games because they were three easy games. Um, you know, that to me shows that like, if they're not even believing in the win streak before the loss to Toronto last night, like I, like I, if I'm Houston, I go in there thinking we can easily get them in their heads. For sure. Yeah, and and I mean the other thing is like the I I really think Utah's I guess only real chance of of becoming a team that you worry about is if Conley starts to put things together magically and you know he's had some nice games of late and stuff but it just it's just not there on a consistent basis and that was always the move that was going to bolt them into contention in the west and it just has not worked out. Yeah, and, and, I, so, and I think a part of that too is like just Donovan Mitchell, like he still needs to make another leap, yeah. right? To to become that, mm-hmm. and maybe he does that in the playoffs. Like he's he's been good this year. He was an All Star, right? Like he's been really good, but he needs to be better than what we've seen. Yeah, I, I mean, t- part of me thinks that if you're Houston, your Westbrook situation becomes much more manageable against Denver, whose defense is just way worse than Utah's. But I feel like it, you also like your ability to guard Utah a lot better than Denver. Um, so it's like kind of a pick your poison, right? Like, do we just get gashed? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I, think, like, I think for me, like Utah's ability to shoot threes worries me. That's why I say when I worry about, mm. I would be more worried about defending their, their offense is because they have shooters, like legitimate shooters. Yeah, whereas right. Denver has a lot of streaky guys. But at the same time, having... Jokic try to pick your defense apart does seem like a little bit of a of a nightmare. Like in terms of in terms of like okay, you don't really know what he's going to do with the ball, and if he decides to just be a score against PJ Tucker, there's nothing you. Yeah, can do. he's good. He can score against PJ Tucker. Yeah. I feel pretty confident That's about it. that. He's a lot bigger, <laughs> stronger, yeah, um, taller than PJ Tucker, and he does. And he puts bigger dudes than PJ Tucker down in the basket. So right, I, I he's he's one of the few. Guys that like you actually do have to worry about the post up game. Big time. I feel like he's one of man. He's he's one of the four or five best guys. He yeah. routinely is just bullying dudes underneath the basket, throwing them into the base. I'm like, get off of me. I don't even have to jump to shoot this because you're on the floor now. It's great. And he's such a good passer yeah. that if you try to send the rap. double, he's gonna it's find that guy. And yeah. he's an he, and I mean this in a compliment. And I've said this before. He's an elite flopper. Yep, yep. Like he's elite, he knows how to draw the contact. At, like, and yep. yeah, mm-hmm. he's really good at it. He's really good at selling that contact and selling contact that's not even really there. And he and he tricks the refs into into calling it. And like PJ's got to be physical because of the, yep. the you know the size disparity. I mean that's that might be a recipe for disaster if the Nuggets can shoot at all. Right, if the Nuggets can shoot. And and on the other side of that, like, I think if you're Houston, you can find ways to turn this into a, not a James Harden versus Nikola Jokic, but a James Harden versus Jamal Murray matchup, right? And, you like, I think you feel pretty confident in that. No offense to Jamal Murray, but he's very streaky. Also, got robbed last night. I mean, yeah. robbed. Oh, my God. How was that Unbelievable. How? I know you guys covered this on the ding last night, was, but, like, How? How is that a foul? <laughs> it's because he dunked on him too not, viciously. It's not a foul. We we 
Like it's the a crime, off- but it's not the a foul. offensive foul situation in the NBA. I know people are tired of hearing me bitch about this, but it's just it's too much, man. Like honestly, you should literally have to like be the dude with a baseball bat in order for somebody to call a foul on you when you have the ball in your hand. My favorite shit is when they call the foul when a guy does a jump pass. How am I fouling you on a pass? I'm not even a threat to score at this point. And I can foul people? It's ridiculous. There needs to be so many more where you just don't blow the whistle either way. Like, just play on. Play through some contact. Every time that there is some sort of a little bit of a collision doesn't mean that you have to blow a whistle. Like that's, that's the thing that gets me all the time. Just if you want the game to continue to flow and work on that, to me, that's one easy option to look at is reducing the amount of those calls right at the rim like that. I mean, it, it just, it gets in the way. You don't need to blow your whistle every single time. Yeah. They need to, they just need to figure out a way to make, better calls uh maybe the best call you can make though DoorDash. oh man you don't feel like going out you don't feel like going to a restaurant waiting all that time you just want your food now guys DoorDash will bring you pretty much whatever you want it has something for every single lifestyle on the go no time to waste they got you order pick up and pass the line they got you having trouble organizing a meal with your friends because you know how exhausting that can be was i know you you're trying to organize these these team dinners all the time right with all your friends and it's just it's too much yeah, it's too it's much. It's too much. It's better to just order in, have everybody come exactly. over, BYOB, BYOweed, and then it's all good. It's all good on that, but DoorDash is more than just delivery. They make group ordering completely easy, more than just pizza. They got your favorite restaurants, your favorite cha- food chains, fast food, whatever you want. They got it all on there. Easiest way to Popeyes. do it. Popeyes. You can get Popeyes on there, you know what? which is one of my favorite yeah. DoorDash orders. You still on that chicken sandwich? They'll get you. You don't have to go wait in I'm line. I'm a three-piece guy, breast, leg, and thigh. Give me the so fries. I like, I like the spicy, I like a spicy tender. That's what I like. Mm, yo, the spicy, spicy tender is so good. fire, yeah, bro. Oh, that, you get the mashed potato side. You get a couple biscuits. Like, that's where I go. That's my call. Um, they'll bring it right to your door. Ordering's easy with the app. Uh, choose whatever you want. Your food delivered to you. Wherever you are, you set that up. Not a problem. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BACK, B-A-C-K. That's DoorDash. Enter the code, the promo code BACK, B-A-C-K. You get $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code BACK. Guys, get DoorDash. It's the easiest thing to do. Speaking of dashing, Giannis and LeBron are dashing towards that MVP award, guys. And we have controversy? It's a it's a race. It's a race. But after this weekend, when LeBron took out Giannis and he took out Kawhi in the same weekend, now you got a lot of people pushing, oh, LeBron's the MVP in this. LeBron's, you know, he's taking the lead over this after these last two games. And there are a lot of people pushing back against this, saying, no, it's a season-long award. Giannis is in is the front runner still, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm curious, uh, Trey, I'm curious where you sit on this because if you say, hey, no, 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 it's a regular season award. These last two games are being weighed weighed too heavily well LeBron's still been amazing for the entire regular season right like and so is Giannis and so I'm curious if you put this past weekend into into giving LeBron you know kind of the advantage in this I mean every season LeBron has an MVP season right I mean (laughs) guys would cut off their arm for a, a bad LeBron season you know what I mean like and I think 
as it's been overused this year, stop taking LeBron for granted. Yes, he is doing some amazing things in year 17, um, but I don't want to really put too much glamour on the year's uh, experience. He's just playing well, but he has a, a boost of, you know, energy. You know what I mean? Obviously, they landed Anthony Davis for him and got him some more help, um, you know, adding adding a few bench guys that will help the second unit and give him some rest. But, um, yeah, I mean, just looking at it, like this guy – you know, in, in the past two weeks or so, he's been looking, you know, pretty much unstoppable. And that matchup against the Bucks, you know, he took he took advantage of you know the isolations uh, with Antetokounmpo on him, and then as well as just you know his his confidence of taking logo threes and and his approach, like you know, he continues to to improve his three point shooting. He is, I'm not sure how to defend him, you know. Um, the biggest wall in front of the Lakers right now is going to be, uh, you know, availability and health. I, I just, as somebody who's been like, you know, a quasi, now I'm lying, full on LeBron fanboy basically since 2003, right? Um, it's hard for me to watch people like really go crazy and fawn over this. I get this year 17, age 35, but let's face it, this is LeBron's like eighth and ninth best season. And the bottom line is LeBron, Giannis is having a prime LeBron season right now. And the proof of the proof of this, guys, is how amazed we are by this stretch of games where LeBron is averaging like 38 and 10. This is this was like basically routine for every single LeBron season until like 2016 or 15 basically right like this was a walk in the park these numbers he did it for he's done it for like three weeks and now we're handing him a trophy and it's like no Giannis has been much more dominant all season long like they are twisted was this guy Giannis has only been playing 30 minutes per game that's what I'm saying his team is just blowing people (laughs) off the water Trey like could you imagine if he was doing say you know how we used to run these guys in the ground back in 2006, 2007. 36, 38, 30, 40 yeah, minutes back a game. when AI yeah. was averaging yeah, the, the, 40 the minutes would a game. Be a little bit even more it would be amplified. Ridiculous. He doesn't you know? play that much, and pretty much. And people talk uh, about the win loss record, and it's like, are we gonna just forget that the Bucks are doubling them up in point differential? Like, are we gonna act like the Bucks haven't just been blowing every single team out the water all season? I don't even like. I get. That it's really cool that LeBron has basically had probably the second best season in the whole league this year in his 17th year. That's fire. That's cool. I think even in a head-to-head matchup um, in the playoffs, obviously I would give LeBron the edge. Um, But as far as what's happened out on the court, and if we're going to call this a regular season award, Giannis Antetokounmpo has outperformed LeBron James. There's a simple way to look at this and adjust for the minutes. Uh, Per 36, very common. You know, like we yes, use sir. it all the time. Yes, uh, Giannis, 34 and a half points, 16 rebounds, 6.7 assists, uh, 2.4 stocks for 36. This is absurd. Oh, by the way, and his team has the best defense in the league in like top three. And offense. yes, he's a much better defender than like, LeBron. I know people don't like to count defense in the MVP, but yeah. like when you talk about value added, he might be a much defensive player defense. of the year. But yes. he, all right, so wait, hold on. But they. <sighs> I agree with everything you guys have said. One thing that I think is very interesting that Waz said is, it, it, and, it, and it kind of works, it, it was a little bit actually contradictory because 
um, at least in the way that we look at this, is because you, it's like, oh, year 17, he's doing this in year 17. And to me, that shouldn't matter, right? Like, that shouldn't Like, you're just right. judging it. That's- it should be judged on this year. What's happening this year? I don't care what year it is for him. Like, this year, that's all should be that matters. But another thing Waz said that I that kind of, you know, works against him at the same time and shouldn't is, oh, this is like the eighth best LeBron year we've ever seen. I also don't think that should matter. Like, it should just be ju- – like, yeah, we've Correct. seen better LeBron years, but but this is like – this I is just about this year. I Zach, like – He's not playing better than Giannis. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. no. I, mean. Yeah, like, I, I agree. There was agree a time where LeBron would have had a better season than what Giannis is doing. This is not that time. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, know? but but some people do look at it that way. We're like, well, it's not even his, one of the five best seasons, so how can he be MVP? And I just don't – I don't think it should be viewed that way. Um, but I do think – I don't know. Like, I, I think it's – I think it's a close race, but I also think we have to look at consistency and longevity and not that – over the course of the season, not that LeBron hasn't been great all season, but Giannis has been like historic all season, right? Like, like that's, that's what he's been. But at the same time, we all know like Dave, like this stuff, this stuff can get changed based off momentum. And at a time where LeBron is starting to peak and he takes down Giannis, he takes down Kawhi in the same weekend, which brings everyone, you know, you know, up to, you know, up to notice with him on, on what's happening. Giannis gets hurt. Giannis starts tailing off a little bit. Like the momentum of it could swing into LeBron's favor. Well, we already know that there there are narrative voters. We already know there are political voters. That Some people TV. that are, you know, like I mean, we we know the score, and, and we've we've all seen we've all seen the push here lately. Nobody nobody's bringing up the fact. Hey, listen, you know what? We want to talk about off court weight. Giannis carries the weight of two different countries. Right. Do we want to talk about that? Do we want to talk about his immigration story? Like, and he thinks about this constantly. I mean, like, how far back do we want to go? Yeah, I I just don't understand why we can't just focus on what the guy's doing on the court. Giannis is having an incredible season. He's been doing it since day one. LeBron's having a really great season, an MVP season in a year where you don't have someone doing what Giannis is doing. I mean, this is right up there with the Steph Curry unanimous MVP season. Well, here and look, some people don't like to look at it this way, but I do look at it this way, too. LeBron has Anthony Davis on his team. You got to think about that. Giannis does not have Anthony Davis. Middleton's had a great year. We're a week away, though. We're a week away from Chris Middleton being better than Anthony Davis. That's somebody's going to say that somewhere. Which is, yeah, absurd. So it's like it's the same thing that I said when Durant went to the Warriors and back then I did vote for MVP. I don't, I don't do any of the voting anymore. Um, but I, I just was not going to consider Steph or Durant as much for MVP because you are on a team that is so, that was so stacked. Like one of the things that, that a player gives up, I think in all of the good things that they get by teaming up together and going for championships and, and, and getting all the exposure and all that is I think your, your ability to go out and win an individual award, like MVP, most valuable player is I think diminished. Now it's not, obviously the Lakers aren't the warriors and they're not that star studded, but clearly it's, it, it's LeBron and Anthony Davis, two of the top five to eight players in the league together. And Giannis doesn't have that. And the bucks still have a better record. Yeah. John, but at the same time, isn't the Bucks like three through eleven 
way better than the than the Lakers, and isn't their coach better than, than Frank Vogel? So like I, I I see what you're saying. I do think that star power matters because you focus you focus on stars first, and then the other guys beat you, right? If that like that that tends to be the case, but. But but the Bucks are a much better team because they're just a much better team, and and so I they do... have they have better depth for sure. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people, which I haven't seen in the media enough, is a lot of people thought the Lakers were going to stink this year. Maybe not stink as in like win thirty something games, but people were ready for this thing to not completely work out, and they've come out and basically been world beaters from day from one. The mo- yeah. From day one. Yeah. And I think that's coloring a lot of the, you know, the the commentary of just yeah, like, also, wow. Like, I also hate that though, right? Like, I hate that we vote on things based on what our preseason expectations yeah. were. Like, we were correct just this you whole were time. Wrong, right, right, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I've been looking at this, like, trying to figure out, all right, how much should Taylor Jenkins be in, in Coach of the Year consideration? Not saying he shouldn't be, but I'm trying to figure out for me how much that, that should weigh into it because I thought this was going to be the worst team in the West. And they're it's the, the same AC. thing that happens so like, when a young right, guy doesn't we're, pan out, we're, Zach. Where it's like, right. I thought the world of you. Yeah. Well, no, it's like uh, you know, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins or Zion Williamson. Some some jackass says they're the best prospect since LeBron James, and then they come and in. We're like, work, this guy's guys, not dude. LeBron James. What a yeah. bust! Like it's I, like hold I, I on a second. To doing that with Brandon Ingram, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, this guy's not yeah. Kevin Durant. And what a scrub! And that doesn't absolve <laughs> any of these players from playing up to some expectation. I just try to figure out what that expectation should be. Should it be win? You know, over under win totals from betting? You know, from, from sports books? Is that the best way to judge this? Like, I don't know. And so when we look at like what the Lakers were supposed to be this year, and a lot of people said, yeah, they're probably like the sixth seed. And then they come out from day one and they go wire to wire as the one seed. Um, like, were we dumb about this or were they just like, did they just become that much better? I don't, and, I, and I don't have an answer for that. And so like, I think, I think to what, what John's saying, what you're saying, like, like there are these two incredible stars on the Lakers we didn't believe in any of these other guys after that. We thought Dwight was washed, right? We thought we thought like you know KCP was terrible, and he's actually been like kind of okay. Like they like they've had some guys, but but in comparing the two teams, I think the Bucks do have a huge advantage as a team. But if you're talking about making a star's life easier, having that other guy is is definitely a huge plus. Like having that Anthony Davis is a huge plus. Yeah, and and like what I look at, you're right. I think the Bucks definitely deeper and better, top to bottom, um, and yeah, especially three through thirteen on their roster than the Lakers. But especially, I think in in this game, in, in this league, and especially in the playoffs, uh, it, it, it's all about who do you have at one and two. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's fair. Like yeah. that's it. You know, like and and so uh, you know the Raptors have been a great story. And so we'll see what happens with them, but um, you need like the a one guy and a one B guy to have a chance. And so that's, what's going to be interesting about how the bucks use this going into the playoffs. Like, are they, you know, will the depth matter? And will that be enough to maybe overcome that? You know, they don't have exactly Embiid Simmons at the top of their, um, at the top of their roster. So that's going to be the real test. But yeah, I just, I just look at it as if LeBron were to miss time, Anthony Davis could step in to that one role for a long stretch and the Lakers would be in good shape that way. Um, and I know the bucks have played well with Giannis off the court this year, but the last couple of games have not gone well when he's totally out of the lineup. 
and you look at having to elevate all of those guys up a, a notch or two, I don't think any of them are ready in the way that Anthony Davis is ready if LeBron needs that those shoes filled. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Um I also do think that like we have seen it without LeBron on the court this year and they, they look like the Pel- been great. They, they look like the Pelicans. Not the not the fun Pelicans. They just look like like they just look like a team that Anthony Davis is struggling to keep above water. Yeah, and here's the but here's the also the other thing that needs to be added to the conversation. We're talking about LeBron James versus Giannis Antetokounmpo for the MVP. And so if I'm saying that I'm leaning toward Giannis, which I am, I'm not saying LeBron is trash. Like that's the other Oh no no no, no, no. John John it's that the internet. Gets in, that is actually that what you're saying. These debates. Yeah, yeah, you are actually like, saying that. If you, know, you pick one guy that means the other like, guy's trash, so. We're, or yeah, exactly. We're talking about literally the two best players in the league and you know just the 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 small amounts that separate the t- their two seasons to this point. Like that's that's just the important context that needs to be thrown in there. Yeah, I I mean, I think I'm I mean, find out find out Thursday on the uh, Athletics NBA Awards rankings column uh, from a, a very incredible writer. I don't remember who writes it, but it's a re- really good dude. Um, check that out, but of where these guys land right now. But I do think uh, I do think I'm probably leaning Giannis. I also am trying to factor in what it's projecting for the rest of the season with this stuff, right? And if Giannis is hurt, like if you, let's say Giannis only plays like a handful of games the rest of the way, that's going to change. He's going to be out for a couple weeks, Zach. I'm going to tell you that now. Yeah, I mean, I think he will too from what I heard. Like I don't think it's just a one-week thing. Like I think he's – they're going to be – one, it's an, it's an injury that's serious enough. And two, um, why would the Bucks mess around with this, right? They're the ones – like they got that wrapped up. And so and so if he doesn't play much more this season – um okay, that's going to heavily affect things. And also, if he doesn't, but, but on the other side of that, if he doesn't play much more the next or the rest of the season and they struggle, well, isn't that kind of a feather in his cap? Wow, are the Bucks are the Bucks going to tank so Giannis can win the MVP? I mean, they got a cushion. They got a one-seat cushion. They, but they're also resting the rest of their guys too because they're, Kick, like, yeah, Bledsoe so didn't play last night, right? Yeah, yeah, Middleton didn't play last night as well. Like guys are tired, man, and it's showing. Like they were gassed against Phoenix, and Phoenix obviously came out hot, but like they were tugging at their shorts. You know what I mean? Like from the Lakers game till you know whatever whatever game they've had. Like they've you know what I mean those guys have been playing hard, and now you know they finally get a chance to rest those guys. So it's it's a bad but also a good. And I think the Lakers' loss was adversity that they needed to see, but then also time to get their bodies right and going into the playoffs in the next six weeks. Man, I hope they tank to get Giannis MVP. That'd be funny. I mean, that we know what Houston would do. <laughs> Just complain a year nah, from now. Houston, John Hammond would be on first take. Yeah. He'd be on Bill Simmons. He'd be on us. He'd be everywhere just shilling shamelessly for his guy. But apparently he's got a lot more pride than that. Um. All right, let's go around the table real quick before we wrap this up. Trey, who's your MVP? Giannis Antetokounmpo. John. Giannis for now, but yeah, if he does get hurt, I could see LeBron taking it over. Dave. Giannis, but um, I, I think I agree. If he if he winds up missing like most of the rest of the season, it's it's gonna be it's gonna strengthen LeBron's argument. Was the nasty Nigerian Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right. Uh, Jade, who's your pick for MVP? 
got me? Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> he just muted himself. He didn't say he didn't give an answer. He said, "You got me." Here we go, and then all right, I guess that's it. Wipe Jay the drool off your face. Yeah. Jay. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it. Thanks for subscribing to the show. <laughs> Thanks for subscribing to The Athletic. If you haven't done either of those, correct that. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash what? Back to back? Theathletic.com slash daily ding? Any of those. Possible if Giannis is an Why am I hearing my voice, Jade? So, Jade, I will buy you the nicest dinner possible if Giannis is an end up with at least 80% of your But Giannis is going to run away with this thing. Like, this <laughs> like, I still believe this. There was no talk at the time. Sussman, get me that reservation, baby. <laughs> <laughs>